Hi, I'm Tyla, and I believe that language is medicine. That words are simply wrapping paper for frequency, as my friend Adam Roa once said. They are energetic transmission. And that's why I'm making this podcast. Welcome, by the way. I'm thrilled you're here, truly. I'm delighted by your listening. So, welcome. This is my podcast a year ago today, and I believe that these conversations are sacred medicine, that as you let the words wash over you, you'll be activated in all the right ways, turned on or triggered by what you hear, present to what's both beautiful and common in humanity. And no matter how you choose to experience that activation, my intention is that everything you receive through this channel is in the service of your healing and of your healing of the world. Enjoy your listening. Thank you for being here. Welcome to season three of A Year Ago Today. Welcome to A Year Ago Today. I'm your host, Tyla Fowler, and I am here with my new friend, Guada. And would you please do me a favor and introduce yourself? Of course. Thank you, first. You're welcome. For inviting me. <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> and okay, my name is Guadalupe Solcelave. I'm from Argentina. Um, I've been living in New York for four months and a half, and I'm returning for good in two weeks. No, in six days. <laughs> I had this cassette in my mind, like, it's for two weeks, for two mm-hmm, weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm also a straight white woman. I love animals, and I love my brothers. And I am a very moving person. I am a, like an easy crier. <laughs> mm, me too. We'll probably cry during this. I, I'm, I almost always cry. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're good. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right in. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And start taking a few deep breaths. And allow yourself to travel back to what was going on. 11 years ago today and really feel in your body what was present for you at the time and how you were feeling, any emotions that were coming up. And once you feel really present, share with me in one word how you're feeling. I'm feeling very moved and grateful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. So now if you could tell everybody what was going on for you 11 years ago today. I got robbed in my house, mm-hmm. my parents' house. Mm-hmm. That's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can open your eyes now. Okay. 
so it's interesting that moved and grateful are the words that are present for you around such a seemingly traumatic experience of yeah. being robbed. So why don't you go ahead and just tell me a little bit the story of what happened and why you were feeling moved and grateful right now. Okay. Okay. So I was 17 years old. I was alone at home, like a little bit of background. I have six, five brothers mm -hmm. and we lived together with our parents. So the house was very big. It is very big. I lived there with them. And I was at home alone, like mm. anyone could be at their home, right? Um, I, w I was doing my geography homework. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like a movie scene. Yeah, like for school. 17-year-old girl home alone doing yeah. her geography homework in this big, big house. Yes. Mm. That, that's where I complained for being such an earth, like such a... <laughs> If I if I only were doing I don't know something at some friend's house, but I was at home. Um, I was in love with my neighbor, mm -hmm. so he had come before to my place to look for a biology book. I don't know those excuses that you made up to make to see each other, mm -hmm. and so he told me, "I've been calling to your cell phone. Why didn't you pick up?" And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I like my cell phone is somewhere else, I don't remember where is it. So, um, it was like my first cell phone, I wasn't that aware of my cell phone. So, so I got inside alone, like my neighbor left, and I got inside and I looked for my cell phone and then I saw the missed calls and stuff. And so I saved it in my pocket. And then at the home we have a, like the main entrance, and then we have some, uh, like the garage. So you have a, a, a doorbell at the garage, which is like uh, facing to the street. And then you have a doorbell in the main door, right? Mm -hmm. So like there is a step before the main door, like you can ring that doorbell. So I was in the computer and which I saw the street from the computer, from the computer and I saw two guys, one with a bike, um, coming home and they uh, rang my doorbell so I said I won't pick up I, I, I won't get out like in Argentina it's like do not speak with, with strangers if you're alone do not open the door do not nothing so so I didn't want to get out and say hey no there's no one here I'm alone because it was like mm -hmm. okay come in and rob me you know <laughs> um, so so I didn't pick the, the, like the phone for the doorbell and so they continued ringing the bell. They continued and continued and continued and I, and I didn't want to say I don't have anything, I don't know what you want, I'm alone. I was scared so I continued doing my geography homework and then I saw they came to the main door. Like, it's as if a, it's as, sorry, if as they were checking if there was anyone home. Mm -hmm. So they started ringing the doorbell from the main door. So I started like to freak out. So I went down the stairs, I called my mom, which was at work, 
and I called her from the inalambric phone, wireless phone, sorry. Mm -hmm. wireless like, what phone. is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a future phone, you will oh. see it in the future. <laughs> sorry, it's a wireless phone. And I started calling her, calling her, she was at work, and I said, Mom, I'm scared because there are some guys at the door, they are like ringing the bell and they're like knocking very, very hard the door. And, and she said, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going there, be quiet. And then I heard they broke a glass, like the window glass. No. I mean, they were getting in, you know. Like, yeah, that's so scary. Yeah. And I freaked out like completely. And I said, mom, they broke a window, please come. I was so scared. And then she said, be quiet, baby, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, wait, blah, 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 blah. And so I didn't know what to do, like. It was just two seconds, and I had to thought where to hide because I I'm not, I wasn't going like to face them and say hey go away or hey don't kill me and and I thought like okay I can't go to the bedrooms because they will go there I can't stay in the kitchen because it connects with all the house I can't go to the living room because that's where they are getting in um, okay I will stay in one of the garage and I will hide like in a place that they will find nothing like to take so I hid behind the fridge mm -hmm. I mean it wasn't behind the the part where all the motor the engines are it was like a behind one of the sides of the fridge and I was between a fridge and another furniture that was there it was standing all the lights were off and I remembered that I had my cell phone in my pocket because my neighbor had told me Hey, I was calling you, so <laughs> thank you, neighbor, and, which is my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and then I hit there, and I started listening everything. Like, they were running all over the house, like, get in here, they get in here. I remember a name, which was Mati, like, Mati, go over here, come over here. And I was so scared. I didn't know what to do, so I started texting my brothers, which were at... There were different jobs, and I and I texted them, and I said, "There are people inside the house. We're getting robbed. I'm alone. Please don't call, but come, please, or send the police. Anything. I don't know." And I did the same with my neighbor. And so, of course, as in a movie, what did they do? They called, <laughs> but they called home, and my wireless home sounds first um, in the kitchen than the one that is that is upstairs. Mm -hmm. So. Sorry, the other way around. It sounds before upstairs than, than downstairs. So, I mean, I was very lucky that the thieves didn't pick the phone before me and, like, listen to all the conversation because I was speaking with people in the garage from the wireless phone, like, saying, you know, I have this anger with myself because when I saw movies, like action movies or suspense movies or drama movies and I saw the characters speaking like I don't know what to do please come I'm so scared and I thought to myself like come on speak properly do you speak like that even if you're scared come on like you don't have to dramatize everything and in that moment I swear you I swear you that I couldn't speak any other way I was like I'm so scared please come Wait, so I have a question because when I watch when I watch these movies, I'm always like, "Why are you hiding? Just get out of the house." Oh, okay. Why didn't you just leave the house? Okay, okay, that's a very good question. I had forgotten about that. Um, okay, so my house has 
a main entrance and then you have like a service entrance like another entrance which uh, um, directs you to the backyard mm -hmm. but that entrance was closed with key like was locked and the key was in the kitchen mm. so in order to leave the house I would have to go back to the kitchen look for the keys and open the door and I didn't want to do that because I didn't know where they were yeah. so and the kitchen as I said it connects with all the house like it's connected with the ladders the, the, the sorry the stairs to go upstairs and it have it has windows so if they were outside I was afraid of being seen mm -hmm. and then I discovered that other two guys came from the backyard and like the guys which were inside opened them the door in order for them to get inside so they were like four. Oh my god so thank god I didn't look for the key to get out yeah to get out so I was like freaked out completely so my brothers were like okay we're going there don't worry so everything happened in 15 minutes but for me we're like an hour and a half yeah and so I so I stood there thinking like okay what do I do what do I do what do I do okay I'll just stay here and, and help will come help will come so I was hidden there and I started listening my mom who had already arrived with the police I mean my mom was at work and at work there was a police buying some stuff my parents had a pharmacy mm -hmm. there was a police woman having uh, buying some stuff and so the police woman said to her I'm taking you in my car like like let's go right now we will get into a police car blah 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 and they ran like straight home and so I started listening everything that she was screaming from outside the house. Mm -hmm. And she was like, leave her alone! And I was like, mom, they don't know I'm here. It's like, don't, don't, don't give them. Don't tell them I'm here. Yeah, They're don't. Gonna hold me hostage. Exactly. Oh my God. So she was like, uh, leave her alone. She, she arrived and the first thing she saw was her bedroom light on. So she thought they were raping me. So she freaked out. Like, imagine, I am the only daughter mm. after five boys. Like, I am, like, the precious one for her, you know? Yeah. And, and so she started screaming, like, to the thieves, like, get out of my house. Uh, stop treating, stop doing anything to her. Uh, the police is with me. Which is what, it was true. And I was, like, so scared because I was afraid of being killed or raped because of my mom shouting that I was in there and they discovering that I have called them and so they were into trouble now because someone spoiled them so um, so I, I, I didn't know what to do and I said okay you can there's nothing you can do right now but get it stay hit so so I started listening all the steps above me from the thieves which were like trying to get out of the house so they would say they, they would say like come on Mati come on come on come on we'll get out we, we should get out we should get out and then I started listening steps coming over me like where I was hitting so I um we have a really nice background noise <laughs> I laid down like on my knees and I made myself like a little ball <laughs> I stayed behind the fridge and I could look in between the fridge and the wall there was a little space 
and I could see something from there and I started seeing feet like boots oh that came over me and I was listening here's a way out here's a way out here's a way out and I thought oh my god they are dead I mean they are the thieves so I I started looking like to the wall because the lights were off and at least they point me like with a torch or they turn on the lights they wouldn't see me mm -hmm. and suddenly I felt, um, you know when someone lights you with a torch? Mm -hmm. Even if you, you are with your eyes closed, you feel it. Like you, a flashlight. Yeah. Yes. Just making sure. We don't we yes. call them flashlights. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I call them torches. <laughs> I knew what you meant, but I just want to make sure everyone else yeah. listening. Sure. I'm sorry, it's a flashlight. A torch. I like yeah. that. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I was like lighted with a flashlight, mm. and I was with my eyes closed, but I knew someone was like pointing to me. But I thought, okay, maybe he's standing with his flashlight aside and he's like just because lighting somewhere and he didn't realize I am in here so I won't move I won't speak and then I thought I've always have I've always had this thought about I would prefer being killed than being raped yeah I've always said that to myself but I when I was right there and I'm getting moved. Mm -hmm. When I was right there, I thought, I don't want to die. I don't really want to die. I want to be alive. I, w I want to live. Like, I didn't realize how cynical I was saying, oh, I prefer being killed than being raped. And then it, like, as if being raped is, like, hopeless, you know? As, as, as if you can't live if you, if you have been raped. That's not true. Like, there's a lot of women who have been raped and they they can still go after their dreams and they have consequences I get it but but they are alive you know and I was so thinking like I want to live please don't kill me please don't kill me like to myself and suddenly I felt like they touched me my my shoulder so oh my so, god yeah 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 <laughs> so they were like hey girl hey girl Hey, hey, girl. And I thought, okay, these are the thieves looking for my help, for like asking me to get out of the house, like for the right key. Like they needed time. Like this is all that I thought. And so I turned around and I looked to them. Like, I mean, I looked like to the boots that I have already seen and to the flashlight. And they said to me, where are the police? Is everything okay? Are you alone? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't believe it. You know when there is an angel besides you? Like, we are the police. I never expected that answer. Like, I never expected the police inside my house mm -hmm. saving me. I hate the police. And they were saving me. And I was like, yes, I'm alone. And they said, are you okay? Yes. And so they said, okay, come with us. We're okay. We have already checked the house and it's empty. Mm. So come with us. But you know when you don't trust them, like, okay, you trust them, you know, they have checked the house, but you're so scared that you're, you, you don't, uh, you're not brave enough to go alone, like, all over the house. So I followed them, I was, like, hugging one of them's arms, and then I got to, I got to the kitchen, and I saw my, my mom, 
with a knife in her hand. <laughs> She's like, I'll kill them. Yes, because oh. she thought they were raping me. So she wanted, she wanted like to cut their cock, you know? Like, <laughs> that, like she told me. I was thinking about cutting yeah. their cock if they were doing something to you. Mm -hmm. And I said like, mom, you're crazy. But I mean, she's a mom. Yeah. She would do anything. What for mom the wouldn't do that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Then I got it. And... And I said, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I, and I was like shocked. Like I couldn't cry, I couldn't anything. Mm. And then I got to, I got, I, I went with the policeman. I was hugging him, <laughs> hugging him. And I didn't want to leave him. Like I hugged my mom. And then I got to the living room and there was my dad. He, he saw me and he fell into the couch and he started crying and my dad is one of those first people who doesn't say I love you how was your day hey I miss you he he wasn't said those things when he was a kid so um, he didn't receive those sentences like when he was a kid so he never expressed that mm -hmm. so I always had this this feeling like I wasn't important for him like I I didn't care that much right that I had to be like a good child this is crazy, but I, I thought, okay, I am the sixth child, so I am very expensive to like for for a parent to to yeah. to maintain, like to support. So I have to do things right in order for for them not to. I mean, I'm already not important for him, so I have to make things easy for him, because if not, it, this would be like. Worse and worse and worse. This was <laughs> this was my thought when I was seventeen. So when I saw him saw him crying, like he fell over the couch, and he started like crying like a baby. I I think I had have had seen him cry twice before, maybe or once. Uh, and so I was like, oh my god! Like I scared him. Um. I'm not important, and I scared him, and now his pressure is going like to be higher and higher and higher. He's the hypertense. <laughs> I love that you're still making it about you being a problem yeah. instead of like, oh my god, he loves me so much. Yeah. Look how relieved he is that I'm okay. <laughs> exactly. Ugh, the crazy stories yeah. we tell ourselves. <laughs> yes. But I see that right now. Yeah. In that moment, I was like, okay. It's so good that I survived and they didn't kill me. That like it's a problem less for my parents. It's okay, go on. Okay, and it's adding um, dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah. The ambulance was coming as well, and no, 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 no. <laughs> just the cops. And so they they brushed my house with this dust mm. that is for looking for the. Um, fingerprints? Yes, the fingerprints, like to catch thieves. Mm -hmm. And they started asking me questions like, how did it look like? And did you see anything strange? And I, I didn't see anything. I saw just two guys in a bike. Yeah, you're like, I don't know, I was hiding. Yeah, <laughs> I was hiding. And, and I heard the name, but I don't know. Like, there's a thousand Matias in Argentina. I, I, like, yeah, I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. And, well, they found nothing with the f fingerprints. Then I went to the police, I did the, like, the face recognition with a book full of images, but I had no idea, you know, like, they yeah. were, like, some people were similar, I don't know, but, I, like, the end hasn't ended yet, <laughs> 
So I was there at home and and my parents okay they, they stayed with me. I was like safe. I didn't want to be alone of course and that night I didn't I wasn't afraid of going alone through the house. I wasn't like I'm not going upstairs alone. I'm not going to the kitchen alone. I'm not going to the garage. I'm not leaving the house mm -hmm. at all. Nothing. So they had to come with me to my bedroom, sleep with me, up, or wait until I'm like about to sleep, and they leave the bedroom. I thought like I had these feelings like maybe they are in the closet, maybe they left a tape recorder, maybe they are recording everything, or they are filming and they will come after me. And then I started like figuring out they had stolen my camera, which. I had just returned from a Disney trip, mm -hmm. so there were pictures of me any everywhere there, and I thought like they they know who am I? They know where I live. They will come after me because they will they will realize that I was the one who screwed their plan their plan, you know, because I called the police. Okay, so I was really scared, and when I was in my bed, my mom came and my dad came, like to say goodbye, like good night. And then they asked me, how are you feeling? Like, are you okay? And then I started crying. Oh my God. Um, I couldn't stop crying. I, ha I was like so tense. Yeah. And like with so much um, adrenaline. Yeah. Like so tense, so tense, so tense. And, and I couldn't stop crying. They were like, you're okay, you're okay, you're safe, we're with you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, oh, this was really moving as well. My brother, the one who had called me, worked at the airport on that, at that moment. So the airport, as every airport, is far away from the city. Mm -hmm. So he, he worked in a company which um, rented cars. So he wasn't allowed to leave the airport. Like when you leave the airport, you have like the... Um, you have to pay like a, you have like a barrier that goes up mm -hmm. and down. Like, like you have a, to pay. Yeah, like paying like to get out of a parking lot. Yes. Like paying the ticket. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't avoid that. You can take a shortcut, mm -hmm. but it's like illegal. Mm -hmm. It's like for bikes or for motorcycles which don't pay, mm -hmm. um, or for people who are walking. So he he came home like an hour later. Everything happened. Or maybe 30 minutes later, everything happened. And he came home and we were with the police. Everything in the house was like with this dust. Everything was dirty. I, my dad was crying. I was like shocked. I didn't know what to say. And he comes on, he, he comes in and he says, are you okay? What happened? Where did they go? Let's find them. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're here. We're safe. Like, let's slow down. And then we asked him like, how did you get here? And he said... I took a car from the ones I rented. <laughs> you can lose your job because of this, but he said, "Yeah, I know." And I and I had to take like the sh shortcut, like from in, I had to go through the illegal mm -hmm. way to come here. But I wouldn't stay in my job with the doubt of if you are okay, of if something was happening. And my my brother again, he's like, he's like the guy who says love you in the way like, "Hey, how are you, garbage?" How are you? Rubbish. Are you okay? You look so ugly today. Like, he's like yeah. that, you know? He wants to love you, like, very few times. And, and it was, like, so shocking for me seeing him there. Like, maybe he could lose 
he would have lost his job and his boss was calling him and he said my sister got robbed like she's at home alone and I mean they understood him it was everything okay I mean he took a stand for me and that was like very big the trace that this left was like for three years I I was afraid to be alone at home mm -hmm. and to go out of my house. I, I did everything walking. Like, I, go, I went to the center, I went to my friend's house walking, everything. And then it was like, Mom, please, can you take me to this place? Because I'm scared about the thief following me and looking for me, like, to do me something wrong. I don't know. If I went out, I mean, I was 17. Mm -hmm. I partied every night, you know? Yeah. And I didn't... I didn't... Uh, yeah, I did drive, I did drive, but I I was afraid of climbing alone on my car and like, I don't know, I was, I was afraid of the thieves expecting me home, like expecting me come, coming alone. So I was like very constrained for three years, mm -hmm. but then, okay, it went away and like for five years, after five years, I took the courage again, like, to stay at, at home alone. Mm -hmm. And also my house became, like, a jail. Like, there were, they were cages everywhere. and like on the windows and stuff? Yes, in uh -huh. the windows. Like, you don't realize how easy it is for someone to get into your house until they get into your house. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's so present for me is, like, we have this illusion of being safe in our home. Yes. When it's like really all that's between you and the outside world is what a door and a couple a wall, of windows. Yeah. Yeah. A glass. Yeah. Which you can break. With like if someone wants to get into your house, they can usually. They can. Oof. Absolutely, they can. And we were, I mean, the the garage doors were open. They had to break the blinds to get inside, so I had a few seconds to hide. Mm -hmm. But. It's very easy. Like, yeah. if they want to get inside, they will get inside. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, my house is like a prison right now. We have security for everything. My parents don't want to leave the house, which is okay. It's their decision. It's their home. Mm -hmm. Like, to move to a different yeah. house? Yes, like, to an apartment. Because everyone had, like... Did you were like, let's move. No, I didn't <laughs> want to move. <laughs> I didn't want to move, but when all of us my brothers and me, uh, started leaving the house, um, we thought about why don't you, why don't you sell the house and buy an apartment? It will be safer and easier to take care of. I mean, it's a big house, you know, there's something, stuff to do. But you can take away the happiness of my mom with her garden and with her dogs. And my, my dad has a lab there and he works on his own. He's a, he's a pharmacist. So, um, so for them, that's priceless, you know, and we get, we get it. But, but so, so I, so I, right now it's like my house is like a jail. And so I have this thought about, okay, if you get into my house, I will give you everything because it's like a price to get into my house right now. Like you can't, you, there's no way you can get in. So if you do it, I will give you everything. <laughs> you deserve it, you know, you own yeah. it now. You earned it. Um, so yeah, they stole like camera and a notebook where my dad was writing his book. That was uh, the, the most bitter thing. Mm -hmm. 
some stuff and then well they stole my school my school bag because they wanted to use the school bag not my books but my school bag to put things in the school bag to take the, the things away with them mm -hmm. so <laughs> I went to school the day after the next day and and I was so embarrassed of sharing with my my partners like I got robbed that's why I'm having a different bag and like different stuff I don't know and why uh, I'm acting kind of weird today yes <laughs> like I don't have my calculator because they stole it from me because it was in the school bag and so I can do like can you lend me your calculator for our maths class <laughs> stuff like that and yeah more drama <laughs> come to me <laughs> so slow mm -hmm. have you noticed that are they faster in Argentina yeah I mean someone's dying come on like you have to hit the hit the bottom like to go faster you cannot like take the privilege to go slow okay anyway um so my friends started to asking me started asking me like are you okay today like you you don't seem okay and so I said yeah I got robbed last night. Like, I didn't want anyone to know. And someone heard and said, what? You got robbed? Why didn't I said, you want anyone to know? I don't know. I was so embarrassed. Embarrassed about what? I don't know. I felt, like, silly. Like, I didn't want to... That's a good question, actually. Um, like, well, I think this is really interesting, in fact, because I don't think it's isolated to you where, like, when we are victimized in some way, that we sometimes feel embarrassed that we somehow like brought it on ourselves or that is that is that part of what it is or like, what is like making myself a victim well yeah but like this bad thing happened to me I, I don't want to tell anybody because I think I didn't I didn't want it I didn't want to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and to open myself and said yeah I was fucking scared and I cried, mm -hmm. and I don't want to cry right now, and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe, like, if you had told people, you would have had to, like, relive the experience a little, and yes. that emotions would have come back up, and yes. that wouldn't have felt safe. At all. Yeah. I, I, I have always been, in my friends group, I have always been, like, the tough one, mm -hmm. the brave one, the one who doesn't cry, and I, I mean, when I was a teenager, it was okay, it was fun. But right now, like, it's not fun anymore for me. Like, I cry a lot. I'm so sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hide that. And so I didn't want to let anyone know that the tough girl, that brave girl, had been robbed. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the plan didn't succeed. <laughs> and my parent, my partner is starting to realize, okay, they wanted to hear the story and then the teacher wanted to listen to the story. And so I started telling the story and like we missed the whole class because of me telling the story. So my friends were like really happy that we didn't have class. Yeah. <laughs> so they asked me to share that story in every class that day <laughs> and the following days. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, I knew it, like, I memorized all the story, you know, I told the story, like, 
four times a day, like in Spanish, in English, everything. And then a new teacher came into the class came into the classroom and my friends were like, what I got robbed yesterday, you don't know, this story is amazing, you should know it, blah, blah, blah. And then the teacher was like, what, you got robbed, oh my God, come on. Tell me the story. <laughs> yes. Wow. And I started That's all interesting. Your friends started using you to get out of their classwork. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, I have a question. Did it get easier to tell the story the more times you told it? Did it lose some of the emotional charge or did it, I mean. Yes, I mean, it's definitely better Yeah. to have, have told the story than to keep all that to myself. I mean, now I realize I was pretending like to be the tough girl and <laughs> the one who doesn't cry and which she's strong, she can handle everything, she can do it on her own. Yeah. And I couldn't, like I really needed help. I needed to call my mom, my neighbor, my brother, mm-hmm. anyone, anyone. Yeah. Any- and that's a very cool, hi- cool thing to put a light on because Anyone, when, when you're in danger, when you're like afraid, you don't care who is going to help you. Yeah. Like anyone is the right person. I'm sitting here being like, who would I call? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I would call. I don't know. I, I, I think it was like instinct. Like I called my mom and this is, a, this is a funny thing. My family, it's a family business. So my brothers also work there. Mm-hmm. And so the one who picked up the phone was my, my brother. Mm-hmm. They're all older than me. So my brother said, hey, Wada, what's going on? And I said, I need to speak to mom. Mm-hmm. I could have told my brother, you know, I'm getting robbed. Please tell mom, please come home. But I thought that I, I said to myself, please give the cell phone, give the phone to mom. Mm-hmm. When I know at the same time that my mom is the most um, freakable person <laughs> that you could know, like it's, is the is the person in the family which we hide things from her because she gets so worried mm. like she's like she's drama you know like she and she's a mom again like she, we are their children i mean yeah. she gets really worried and she starts crying and shouting and she has a very bad time when she's worried but it was my mom and i needed my mom <laughs> i understand that yeah there's so many things that come up for me where i'm like mommy Exactly. Yeah. I have just bought a magnet, which is like, uh, keep calm and just call mom. <laughs> <laughs> keep calm, call mom. I love that. Yes. And it's like that. I mean, there's no person like mom. Mm-hmm. And I love my dad. I really love him, but mom yeah. is mom. Well, I wonder, also, it goes back to that, like, original bond we have with our mothers. Yeah. That they're, like, when it comes to, like, the most deep subconscious programming, I think for a lot of us... That our mom is our first initial feeling of safety. Yeah. If we were lucky enough to have a mother who was nurturing and supportive, True. even if she's dramatic and True. worries a lot. Well, I have I have two questions that are really coming up for me. So the first one is about like that experience of feeling like oh I don't matter, these people don't love me, and then going through this traumatic thing where they were worried about you, and then as a result getting to see like just how much they do love you and how much it would have mattered to them had something happened to you. How did that experience of seeing how much you matter change things in your family? It didn't at that time Uh because I'm aware of that right now. Uh But right there or right then, 
I didn't realize that I was saying those stuff to myself. Uh-huh. So I, it wasn't that I was saying like, oh, my dad really cares about me. It was like something I saw and mm-hmm. now I associate that with, okay, he really cared about me. Mm-hmm. And But at, at that moment I was like, oh, thank God that I'm alive and I'm, and this is not another problem mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Wow. But right now, I'm like, can I share something about right now? Yeah, of course. I'm about to leave in six days and I have been having these conversations with my dad in which he cries every time he says, I miss you. Oh. Like, I love you. Please come back. And I, I said to him, like, dad, like, really? Like, I never thought I was like, that meaningful or that important at home because every time I go home we are like watching TV or discussing about politics or or watching a movie but we're not like really talking to each other or maybe yes but with the TV uh, background TV and he said yeah I mean the only time I see you is when you come home and you're always with your friends they're like the most important people to you but I don't see you if, if you don't come to my place. And then I said, well, Dad, I have invited you to my place a lot of times. And you said, no, I'm mm. inviting you to the cinema and you don't want to leave the house. And every time I go home, you're like discussing about our president, if you agree or if you don't agree or making everyone wrong or um, talking shit about people. And I don't enjoy that. I really don't enjoy that. Mm. And... So I don't want to be there, like, sharing that way. But anyway, like, besides what I want and what I prefer, I got that my presence there was really important for him. Yeah. And he said, no, like, I really miss you. Like, you you have no idea how you... Oh, you have no idea how you light my world when you come home. Like, you have no idea how... How you like what you mean for us when you're in the table, even if you're quiet, we love being with you. We love sharing time and spending time with you and knowing about you. I mean, I don't understand why you're saying this, and I said, I'm sorry, Dad, like it it's it's not about what I prefer. I mean, we could work a plot and plan together, which we both like, like going for a walk. But it's not about what I prefer, it's about getting that that's your way of saying I love you. Mm -hmm. Just inviting me to have lunch or dinner and if I'm with a friend or with my boyfriend, he would say come with them, but come, please come. Just be here. Yeah. Yeah. And, And he said, I'm sorry, I will go to your place and we will go to the cinema and we will do things together. Yeah, but yeah, I miss you. Like, don't think that because I do miss you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'm realizing that right now, like answering to your question. Now I'm seeing like, okay, he always, he has, he he have always, he has always loved me. Mm -hmm. His way. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone has to express my way. Right. (laughs) Right, which is what we think. We're like, well, if they're not showing they love me in the way that I want them to show it, then it doesn't count. Exactly, exactly. So many of us are like that. I mean, and I started asking, like, what does it cost you for you to say I love you? Nothing. Like, three words. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. Te quiero, te amo. What does it cost you? Nothing. But for him, in his world, it's tough. 
I mean, his mom never said those things to him. His dad died when he was a teenager. Like, we're so selfish. We have no idea what's going on in people's lives, in people's heads, hearts. Well, and once we have that story about someone, like, this person doesn't love me, it's so challenging for them to prove us wrong, you know? Like, once we've decided you don't love me, we're always looking for evidence yeah. to prove that it's true, that you don't love me. And then we fail to recognize all the things that they do that show us otherwise. Yes, yeah. yes. It happens everywhere. When I have an argument with my boyfriend, I get, I get jealous about something, and so I start, like, in a... In a, in a matter of seconds, I'm like a F- FBI, you know, at seconds, <laughs> <laughs> I have this ability to start, like, looking for everything that didn't work in the last yeah. days. You're make a whole case. Yes. Yeah. Blaming him, like, oh, and he didn't pick the phone. It's obvious he doesn't want to talk to me. Oh, but he picked the phone to her. Ooh, yeah, because yeah. they are friends. Yeah, sure, friends, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he must be cheating on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I thought, what am I doing? I'm looking for evidence to stay angry and jealous and not, like, ask her... And not, like, ask him, like, hey, are you into her? Or do you love me? Like... Yeah. It's really going on here. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) All right. So, my other question that was coming up. I really appreciate you sharing that... The thing about saying, like, oh, I would rather be killed than raped. Because I think in a hypothetical situation, there are probably a lot of women who would say that, Yeah. you know? And that, like, when you're in the moment and you're actually in bodily danger, it feels really different. And what I was wondering is, do you think that... And this is kind of, like, a challenging question, maybe, because you have to imagine a whole different life and world and way of being. Um, But, like... Had you been a man, had you been, like, one of your brothers instead of being the only girl, had you been a man, a 17-year-old man, home alone, when someone was robbing you, do you think that it would have been different? Do you think that you would have gone to the door, that you would have had the confidence to open the door, or do you think that you still would have hidden? Um, Because I guess what I'm wondering is, like, is it that fear that women have around what a man can do to them that is the thing that makes us hide? Or do you think that you would have hidden either way? No, I think I would have hidden because Uh the thought that I have right there wasn't I have to be brave, it was I have to be smart. Uh I have only minutes because they will they they are getting into the house. Yeah. They are breaking the window. They are they have already broken the blinds. Yeah. And they are getting into the house. So I have to be smart. I have to hide because they are coming in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who they are, how dangerous they might be. And then, yeah, and then we found um, these kind of masks that you use when it's winter for you not to get cold. Ski masks. Okay. We found one of those upstairs. Mm. So, because they didn't want (sighs) them to be recognized. Yeah, they're like professionals. Exactly. So... Then I thought, okay, they were wearing this because they were staying no matter what. Like, yeah. if somebody saw them, they, were, they would make sure that they were protected with those masks. Mm-hmm. And they would, they would stay home, you know. They won't leave because someone, oh, you discovered me, run away. No, no way. They were staying. Yeah. And so, 
And I also think that being afraid or being brave, it's like a like a human being thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about women or men. Mm-hmm. And but I know that the next day at school it would be very like much more uh, embarrassing for me to tell I hit being mm-hmm. a boy than be, than being a girl. Oh, that's interesting. Because as a boy, you have to oh, you have to show you're brave. You have to show you you don't hide. You this, you that. Yeah, hiding is the smart thing to do, regardless of if you're a boy or a girl. Yes, I mean this is the way to survive. Yeah, I mean, you never know, but I think this is the way that I will survive, mm-hmm. and that's the human instinct. Like for the first time, and for the for the only time, I felt like the human instinct to survive. Mm-hmm. that's where I felt I really want to live like I don't want to die please don't die mm. please don't kill me please don't kill me <laughs> do you feel if someone's never felt that kind of fear then they've never also felt that that strength and power of that instinct to survive and that will to survive do you think that having felt that has had an impact on the way you live your life Yes, in a way, in the in, in a sense of. I shared this story with a lot of friends, and they told me, "Oh my God, you are so smart! I I would never have have gone to, like, to hide behind the fridge. I would just have stayed there. And I am so stupid that I don't know how to hide. Blah 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 blah. And then I said, "No, you're not. You don't know when you're in danger. You think." And that's the way the way the brain goes. Like you have to trust yourself because you don't know. Yeah. You say that because you're imagining yourself in that situation, but when you are really in that situation, you do the smart thing or yeah. you do what you think is smart. But you have to trust yourself. So yes, I mean, going back to that situation and applying that same um, sentence anywhere in my life when I don't know what to do, I, I I'm just like, okay, I I might be wrong. But I need to trust myself because if I don't trust myself, who am I trusting? Who am I following? Like, uh, if I f- feel or think this is the right way or this is the the way or this is what I have to do, then do it. Mm-hmm. If not, you will always live with regrets, you know. But, I mean, when people think, oh, you did that because you are smart, but I wouldn't have done that because I'm stupid. No, you're not. Yeah. You, you just haven't been in that situation. Yeah, and like if you were, something primal takes over. Totally. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't know what we are capable of. And we, when you are there, you have just two seconds and you say, okay, I want to leave, then, I'll, then I will hide. I won't play like the superhero role, like uh, stay out of my house. No way, no way. I know that they, they are probably carrying gun guns or knives or they can kill me with their hands if they want to I mean yeah yeah. it's incredible how clarifying it is too that like in a moment when your life is on the line you don't care about any of the material things all you care about is your physical safety so true like you can have whatever whatever the fuck you want just don't hurt me yes that's so true and when I saw those boots coming to me and listening like there is a way out there is a way out and I said okay I have to help them to get out and if they want money, like, my worry was, 
what if they ask me for money? I have no idea where my dad hides the money. I don't know if we have money here or in the bank. I don't know. I don't know, like, what's the most valuable thing. I I don't know how, like, to open, like, well, maybe, yeah, the garage, like, to like, take the car, take everything. I don't know. And when you don't know, they get angry. And they can kill you because you don't give them what you want. Or they can kill you because you gave them what you want and they are high. Or they are just wanting to express their anger, killing someone. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, please don't find me because I don't know if I would be able to please you in any way. I don't know. Uh, like I have this friend story which uh, she got robbed and the thieves inside her apartment started asking her like, Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? It, it, was a, um, it was a woman who worked at a friend's house. So she cleaned the house. She had the key of the place. So she went to the place once per week. She cleaned everything and then she returned. And the thieves came in with her. Mm. Um, and she didn't know where, was the money, where the money was. She had no idea. She just goes there to clean. And so they started like obliging her to suck their cock because... They, she didn't know where the money was mm -hmm. or what to take in the house. Yeah, they're like, we're going to take something from you. Exactly. You can't give us what we want. Exactly. But we're determined to take They're something. upset, they're angry, yeah. and in their world, that's justice. That's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, I learned also, like, not to judge them and to forgive them because mm. you don't know. I mean, yeah. you don't know if that person has nothing to eat yeah. or to give to his children, their children, like, I, I know I don't agree. Yeah. I know I'm, I was angry and resentful and I want justice. But at the same time, who am I to say what justice, what justice is, um, I mean, who deserves X justice? Yeah. Who am I to decide on someone people's, on, on, any, on anyone else's life? I mean, I know this is like, uh, how do you say this? Like, this is like shocking maybe for some of you listening, but really, why do I have to say, you must go to jail, you must die, you must be raped, like to suffer the same I did. Like, I don't want to return the same violence that I had. Mm -hmm. I want, I like, I believe that only love will, will save us. Yeah. And I don't care if that's, cliche I don't care if I die in the way of standing for that mm -hmm. I don't care but I, I I don't want that people those people to go to the jail which is like um, uh, it's senseless yeah. jail is senseless yeah they don't work on people they don't fix their problems they just yeah, isolate just them lock them in a cage yes and when you're isolated I mean we were we were born to communicate. We, we can't stay alone. We can, that, that's not the way we are designed. More drama <laughs> with the ambulance. I know, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And when you get, when, when you punish someone mm. isolating that person, it doesn't have to be a thief. It could be your child, like, oh, you did this wrong, you're not going to see your friends. Yeah. No, no. Or you're staying home the whole weekend in your bedroom, you're not allowed to get out, 
I don't know. You were bad, I'm gonna isolate you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the worst thing you can do to a human being because human beings are made to be with human beings. Yeah. You need to express your love. That's the only way you feel happy and loved. Like, when you're vulnerable, without vulnerability, there's no connection. There's no connection, really. Do you think that... I think that's a very beautiful and evolved perspective. First of all, I want to acknowledge that. Thank you. Yeah, and second of all, I'm wondering, like, if that's something you can say now because you've had so much time and distance and, like, right afterward, if someone had asked you, do you think these people should be punished, do you think that you would have said differently than you believe now or do you think that even then you would have said, no, I feel... In, the, in that moment? Yeah. Um, like with the today's mind? Like, say a week after this happened to you, I came to you and I said, so what do you think should happen? Like, if the police catch these guys, what do you hope happens? Would you have said, oh, I want them to be thrown in jail at yes. that point? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not only because of the things that they have stolen, mm -hmm. but also because of making my dad cry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they need to go to jail because they made my dad yeah. upset. That was like the biggest thing for me, the, mm. the thing that shocked me the most. Yeah. And, but right now I would say they need to be supported. Like mm. something's going on here. Something bigger, there's a larger context. Yes. Yeah. I mean, something's going on as a society. There's, it's not okay for me mm -hmm. that we throw people in jail and then they come out and they do the same thing, uh -huh. obviously. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Because nothing has changed for them and we are okay. Yeah. Like, we don't want to see the problem. That's the point. That's the thing. If you were... If you had the chance to... If those four men who broke into your house were here and we felt safe, we didn't feel like we were in harm in any way, but they were in the room with us right now, what would you want to say to them about how they made you feel and... Anything else? What would you want to say to them? What would you want them to know? That... That, um... That I was the one who got scared. They didn't scare me. I was the one who made that story up. That I understand them. that I forgive them, mm -hmm. that they gave me a courage I never thought I had, and that I would love to listen to them and support them in any way, or just be with them. People like being with people, just being with people. We always think we need to have the right answer for a friend's problem, and sometimes they just want to be listened and to be with people. Mm -hmm. and. So yeah, I would just say I love you because you are a human being and there is a lot going on with you in a different way that it's going on with me, but I have no right to judge you or to think that I am better than you because you stole me. Mm -hmm. I have cheated on my previous boyfriends and so what? Mm -hmm. That doesn't define me. I was dealing with something. I mean... Okay, I didn't steal, I didn't... Yeah, I did steal when I was a little kid. I mm -hmm. stole some candies from 
from a store. You know, I've done that. I took a caramel one time yeah. in a grocery store, and I hid it in the bathroom of the grocery store, and I ate it. And then I felt so bad. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm sure that they are suffering inside. Yeah. They're not taking this, like, for granted, just for fun. They have... They don't know that they are going through something. Yeah. And I could make a difference for them, like, just listening to them. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I do that? Like, if I could make a difference, I would just be with them. Thank you for asking that because it's the first time that I'm like um, honestly healing these and mm-hmm. not making them wrong mm-hmm. and yeah, not not making them wrong or my parents wrong for having left me alone at home. Like you never expect one of these he- things happening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we just want somebody to blame so often, you know. It's like it's the it's the fault of the people who broke in. It's the fault of my parents for yes. leaving me home alone. It's my fault for whatever, yes. blah blah blah. Yes. And the thing is that that happened. It's no one's fault. You were there, they were there, and it's not a coincidence. You were meant to be there. Mm. You were meant to learn something. Maybe they they learned something about my dad's book I don't know in the notebook (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea I don't know (laughs) what did you learn I I learned that I must trust myself Mm -hmm. no matter what other ones tell tell me that I am the owner of my life even if I was raped or robbed or scared I can make a difference in that I can turn the table. I can use that as a as an empowering thing and not as a dramatic thing like to always be sad about yeah. our drama, drama, drama. To always go back to the story of what yes. happened and use that as like, well, this happened to me and that's why I'm the way I am. And, exactly. Which is another thing that we do so much. Yes, yes, all the time because we don't, we're afraid of being who we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be like a drama girl like convincing people that 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 was really hard to get through and that maybe maybe someday you will understand it if you go through the same let me know like who do you think you are come on (laughs) i have a brain i have a heart i can be in your shoes for a while and it's so nice when you let all that go because you are the one dying Mm. They're not suffering. You are suffering with all the resentment and the anger and the sadness, sadness and the upsetness and the, don't leave me alone. I can do this on my own. You can do anything on your own. You just want to do the to do it with people, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a lie when you say I can't do it. Yes, you can. Come on. Maybe it's not the result that you want. Maybe it's not the result is not the same one as you as if you did it. In group, like with teamwork, but you can definitely do it. Do this alone, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I learned like to trust myself and to stop beating everyone up because of what happened. Because it's it's, it's just a story. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's a very lovely story. You learn to forgive people. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was really moving, really loving. This like this, I call it exercise, but it's not an exercise. I'm really. Sh- opening myself <laughs> something's happening for her right now you guys she's shedding her layers yeah yes and I learned I'm not the tough girl and that being brave is it is not not being afraid 
It is doing things, doing what you want to do, even if you're afraid. Mm -hmm. That's something like to tattoo somewhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to never forget that. Yeah. Well, you are very brave. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I have, I always end with the two final questions. Do you have anything else you want to say before I ask you those two closing questions? Yes. You're amazing. <laughs> Keep on providing this space for people because there are a lot of people that have things to honor, anniversaries to remember, to honor, and it doesn't have to be something dramatic. Mm -hmm. It has to be something meaningful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I love the job that you are creating for nothing because you're not getting in anything in return. You just want to be with people and know people, and that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Someone who wants to love people and listen to people. Like, when do you, where do you find those people? Well, here in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm really receiving that. It means a lot to me that yes. this experience has been meaningful for you. It is. Mm. Yes. Okay, so close your eyes now. <laughs> yeah. And just allow everything that we've talked about and everything that's been stirred up and activated to kind of settle into your body and allow whatever is present now to come forward and share with me in one word how you're feeling. Relieved and mm. grateful. And if you could go back to 11 years ago and whispered directly into your own ear as you were hiding behind that refrigerator, what would you say to yourself? I would say, you're not only smart, you're brave. Stop saying that you're not brave. <laughs> and everything is going to be okay because you're not alone. And you matter. <laughs> you matter so much to so many people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for being brave enough to share your story as you have done. <laughs> you can open your eyes whenever you want now. Ah. Thank you. You're so welcome. And do you have anything else you want to say to the people listening before we sign off? I have something to say, which is very hard to take for you cynical people, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we're always afraid of asking, always afraid of uploading a picture with our partner, saying I love you first, mm -hmm. saying I really want to be with you in this relationship, I really want to choose you. I want a raise. I'm afraid of asking because you're not afraid of what they would say back. You're afraid of what you say to yourself about what they are saying back, Oof, yeah. what you make that mean. And so I don't know what story you have because everyone has a story about not being open enough. You're like postponing that. Or brave enough. Or brave enough. Like showing your heart, like sharing your heart out authentically. And I can promise you, I can't prove it, but I can promise you 
there's so much in this side that you don't get because you're so worried hiding and pretending you're brave or tough or you don't cry or you can handle this or you won't ask for help if you, even if you can because that would bother or because they, they would see you as a weak person. You don't know how much your heart feels when you are open and you ask for things and you say, hey, I really love you. And people say, oh my God, I mean, this is real. When you are real, you can't hide it. Like you sweat it. It's like it's all around you. So go for it because that's life. That's being alive. And you know that it's not comfortable, <laughs> but it's being alive. So if you were 90 years old and you could... You could spend the day in your... How old are you? Me? Yeah, 31. Okay, in your 31-year-old body, how would you like to live? Mm. Like hiding yourself? Expecting for the right time, the right person to come and for them, for you to say to them, I love you or I want to be with you? Or just to turn the people around you the right people yeah. <laughs> and the loved people? Just tell everyone I love them all the time. Yes, yeah. it's all about us. It's We can do it. I mean, we can do it. You heard the woman. <laughs> Get out there. As soon as this is over, we expect you to start telling everybody around you that you love them or saying whatever it is you need to say. Even if it's not, it doesn't have to be all rainbows in order to be real. It can be, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or it can be, I forgive you. Or it could be, I'm really mad at you right now and I need you to know that <laughs> yes. because I love you and if I don't tell you that I'm mad at you, yes. then we can't move past it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> say what you need to say, people. <laughs> All right. Well, Glada, I love you. And thank you so much for being here. I love you too. Thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.